Hello. Today, our topic isn't exactly a easy topic as last episode's topic was. Today's topic is rape. One of the things that plagues many countries, including ours. Well, I say ours, even though hopefully soon there will be people from other countries listening to this. So, I guess I could say ours as you think of your country and as yours. So, how does rape affect our world? And how does it affect each of us personally? Well, that's what we're here to find out. And today may also be a day where I may cry like last time. I do not know. Yeah. There will be a lot of statistics in this one. I believe there will be. So bear with me. Because I may like stop talking for a while just to look up stuff. And just telling you now. So no one's just like, why did she stop talking? Why What took her so long? I'm just trying to look up stuff and make sure it's credible and everything. Because I do research most of my stuff before the show. But it's something just like pops up in my head. And I'm just like, let me look this up. Okay, I don't want to leave anything out for you. And I may or may not say all the sources I got. I don't know. But I just know that this is a big, hard topic. And it's going to be interesting, <laughs> to say the least. Sorry about me laughing. I, I laugh when I'm nervous. Which happens a lot. And yeah. So. Mm-hmm. Well here's on. When I looked up the first. Recorded rape. It says. It didn't give me actual like first recorded rape. I mean like. There's many <laughs> rapes before. A long time ago. And just all the time really. Especially before it used to be like women were considered, women or men could be considered property for any use, so it really wasn't considered rape then. During slavery, and during, um, and even before slavery. Which I mean, really, there were probably slavery. There's probably been, there's definitely been slavery throughout the whole human time, except for maybe the first, like, thousand years. Huh. Well, I mean, not thousands years, hundreds of years. I don't know. I'm getting thousands. I only have. We've only had two thousand years. <laughs> okay. Well, so this says, the Lux Julia de Vipulica, recorded in the early third century C.E. I don't know what C.E. is. You can tell me in the comments who that is. I'll probably actually look that up anyway. But yeah. Um, 3rd century CE, but dating probably from dictatorship 
of Julius Caesar defined rape as forced sex against boy, woman, or anyone. Which, yes, that's pretty much what it is. <laughs> which, I mean, boy could be considered man and woman. But then when you think non-binary, maybe they were woke back then. Probably not. They probably by anyone they meant man and girl, etc. <laughs> Stuff like that. So, yeah. Huh. Yeah. So... Now here, but how did this affect, how did this affect people specifically? Well, I know that there was, I know a time period where there's a lot of raping and stuff, which you know, which I know from, um, John Leguizamo, Latin history for morons. Um, that was during the conquests of the United of America and of India and of all the different places by Britain and other European countries. During many of those conquests, they just went there and pillaged and did whatever they wanted to anyone there. They didn't really care at all. So many of the native Aztecs, Tainos, uh many Incas many of them were taken advantage of their things were taken and many of them were right too Jean Leguizamo putting it in his comedy special he was like raping robbing pillaging raping raping robbing pillaging which is really what they did they didn't care. They didn't consider many of the people their people because they thought oh they're so primitive they're not proper like us well their people so yeah so then this then goes further into during slavery during slavery well i say slavery but there was slavery like even before the slavery we all learn about in school could we all learn about in school Slavery of the enslavement of the black, of the, mostly black people, African, African American people. I mean, back then they weren't really considered American because they were from Africa. Most of them were actually literally from Africa. It's not like us, like, like me. I was born in America, so I'm African American. But they were actually African and they were just like stolen from their country. <laughs> so. But the enslavement of these people, and these people were considered animals, and they were taken and could be done with them, whatever pleased their masters, or whatever pleased their masters' wives or children. And so you can see, there's a movie called um, Goodbye Uncle Tom. I wouldn't recommend this movie for any of the faint of heart or for very young kids. But this movie, it tackled the, well, it, firstly, I'm going to say, this movie, from what I know, if you look at the credits, this also probably was before they had to credit everyone in the credits. And this movie was from a different country, but I think it was dubbed in English. And it was done, I think the movie was made in Italy. But in this movie, they showed the real gruesomeness of slavery. 
that's why I also think it was easy to do this in a different country, because it was in, like, Italy, and this movie seems like from, like, the 70s or 80s, so since it's done in a different country, they're, Italy, I don't think it was as PC as we were, and also there was still lots of racism here in America, so it'd be harder to make a movie like that in America, but in this movie, it truly tackled, you can see in the look that it truly tackled slavery and showed the real gruesomeness of it, because when we learned in school, we learned, oh, these people, they took these people from their country and they, they, they made them slaves and treated them like animals and everything, but they don't tell us what really happened, like, they don't tell us that, like, they breeded, they don't, they don't tell us that they breeded Africans like animals, they made them think that they were animals, they made them think they were less than a human, they made them think that if I'm, they also made them think that if they're lighter, then they're better than their other kind of parts, it's really no one's better than any other person, really at all. They made them think that if they're lighter, they're better because most of the Africans that were lighter got to be house servants, which was a slightly better job than being a field servant because a field servant, they had to they had to plow the fields, they had to pick cotton, which got stuck in your hands and made it that you um, would have many blisters and hurt and stuff and whipped and everything. And I know I'm focusing on slavery right now a little bit. I'm just trying to get to the just everything and kind of show where that this isn't just about rape. Like, it came from many different things and many different problems and everything. Like, it, like this didn't just come from, like, one person being like, I just want to take this person and have sex with them. Like, this came from a mindset that you're better than, that they're better than someone else, and that they can do whatever they want, really, it came from this mindset, like the, like, the white slave owners weren't all born, they weren't like, like the first person who started slavery, remember that was, I don't know, because there had to always be a first person to start something, the first person who started slavery they had to have probably had children. Then these children were brought up in the thought that, oh, I'm better than black people. Or I'm better than whatever race they enslaved. So, that mindset is what made them think that they could do whatever. In the movie, Kabango Tom, they show a girl with a leash on a black child running around with this child as if the kid were a dog. And they show a girl who was pretty it was pretty much a brothel in the master's own home, which that master was married. Um oh look and it's it's funny, they show a part with the women talking and the woman reading this article about um 
that this man made about saying that the white slave master, the white man in general, is more attracted to the black woman. And the women were like, oh, why would he like that? Oh, he doesn't like them. They're not going to like them. They're black. They're animals. But then they cut to a part where the guys are talking, and the guys are talking about that nice, they're saying, um, statements, derogatory statements, saying dark meat, that good, sweet dark meat, and stuff like that, and they're relaying them as if they were animals, and as they were meat to be sold, and they're saying stuff like, like, like that, like, they thought that they're just the best, and that they're over these people, and that if these people are animals, and then when you think about the terms, these people are considered animals. Wasn't bestiality a sin? You know what I'm saying? I'm no black person's animal. But then when you think about it, they were so religious back then. Why would you rape a per? Why would you rape them if you thought, didn't you think that bestiality was a sin? And if you thought that these people weren't even human, that's where it comes into play that they knew in the back of their heads these people were human and these people were people. But they still chose to do what they did. And so, part of this, in part of one of the parts in the movie, is because in the movie, like, the premise was these, like, these two Italian guys, they go travel, they, like, time travel back in time, and they come down in, like, a helicopter, and they, this, and they go on this one plantation, and they have dinner with the people, and the people are talking about the slaves and stuff, and then they show, like, a part where there's, like, these two, um, enslaved children under the table, just trying to get all the scraps of the food from under, at, under the table, and everything, and they show, like, that stuff, and, but the two Italian guys, they go from different plantations and different areas and different parts and places and everything. And they see all the gruesome things that are happening. And there's this one part where the master lets them stay in one of the rooms. And the guy, he's just in there. And he sees this girl in there. And he's like, why are you in here and stuff? And she's like, I'm, she says something like, I'm here to pleasure you or something like that. And like, and this girl, she's first she's a virgin she's a virgin and she basically she'd been with this other guy and this other guy didn't know she was a virgin he was like oh you gave me a virgin oh i don't like that and stuff and so she was like she's she's been taught the whole time that if a man doesn't like you if the white guy doesn't man doesn't like you then you're worth nothing so then she goes in that room because she wants to become not a virgin so that the white man would like her and she goes in the room and she's like i'm here to me and she like she takes off her dress and show and she's like i'm here because i want to be here and i want to be like you can do whatever you want to me and everything and i'm just and and the man is like but you're so young why would you do this why would you do you understand what what this is and stuff and she's like no, I just want to be with you, I just want to be with you, and she calls him master and stuff, and, and he's just like, no, I'm having nothing to do with this and stuff, and he, he asked her to leave the room, and she leaves and stuff, and then he goes to bed and, and leaves the next day, 
and he goes, and then he goes to a, to a farm, and at this farm, there is about ten, ten or so, probably twelve or so stalls, and in these stalls are not bulls or stallions or well, they're stallions, not in a sense that you would think. They're not really stallions. And there's mares, but they're not really mares in the sense that you would think. They're people. People that these white men and women considered stallions and mares. And that their only purpose would be to be breeded and make more and more slaves for that man that master to farm with. And they would force young girls to go in the stalls with these men. And since these men have been in these stalls for majority of their sexually mature life, they've turned into like a caged animal because they've been kept there. It's made them go crazy. And all they're thinking about is just to to have sex and to make children for their master and they just keep they keep going and keep going. That's what they've been taught their whole life is that your only purpose is to make children. And the women are taught that too. And so they'll just put young girls in there. Young girls that they know what's gonna happen but they also don't know when they're afraid. And they put them in there and tell them to, and tell them you better be a good girl and do what he tells you and do whatever. This was the dawn of, this, those plantations and the pretty much brothels on the side of the plantation, that was the dawn of this, of I feel like that was the dawn of rape in America because there's one thing that also happened that was not in the Gabanqua Tom, but I didn't tell my father about this that happened. So my father was very pretty much woke, I would say. Buck breaking. This, I feel like, was the dawn of rape. This buck breaking wasn't man doing things to a woman was and this is not me saying that like being gay is bad I'm not saying that I'm not saying the gay people are like this this was just a man trying to break another man kind of makes me think of Outlander with the whole Randall Jamie thing whenever there was a slave it was male slave that was insubordinate or stubborn. They would call them a buck. And they believed these bucks needed to be broken. So, what they would do was that the master excuse me, would get the slave, probably whip him a whole bunch. Excuse me. Got to burping a little bit. I'm sorry. 
you get the slave, probably whip them a whole bunch, and then get their family, if their family was there, of course, if their family had been sold, and it would probably just do it in front of all the other slaves, of course, anyway. Do we get them, bringing them in front of their family, and they will rape the slave? This was called buck breaking because since they considered that man to be a buck, they would break them. Because if you were raped in front of your whole family, that would probably lower your self-esteem to probably minimally to nothing and turn your brain to nothing probably. This is... I think this also may be why my parents are very homophobic and everything because they, my dad knows about this and that's probably why, and also because of Christian beliefs and everything. And like I'm not, because I know people are different than that now. Most, some aren't. We know there's some that aren't. There's some people that are just messed up in the head and, and yeah. But I believe that gay people are fine. I don't really care. Like, love who you want to love. I'm not going to shame you or whatever. I might say, I'm not going to. I don't compare gay people to these men at all. I don't compare anyone to these men at all. These men were just men that wanted to get their slaves. And I say slaves with quotations because no person is a slave no person should ever be a slave. I'm saying slaves. Really, they were enslaved people. They did this to them. And I will never compare half of my friends or part of the LGBTQ, LGBTQ plus community. I would never compare any of them to that. I am never going to say that, oh, they're rapists and everything. People would say, like, gay people are rapists and everything. No, they're not. So, yeah. Now, let's get to some actual statistics. Sorry about the whole, like, race, slavery rant, kind of. They kind of turn into that just because, like, that's one of the biggest parts of, like, rape, like, back then. Now, there's, there's, right, there's, sadly, think about it, someone's probably getting raped right now, it's weird to think about it, and it's scary, so scary to think about, but I know, because when I have my news app, I see it, and I see, like, just in my life, I know that, like, kids get touched and stuff all the time, and grown-ups get messed with, and all the time, it's, it's crazy to think about. So, here's some statistics. Here's the first one. Younger people at highest risk of sexual violence. This makes a lot of sense, because if you're younger, like, you don't know a lot of stuff, and you're very vulnerable and gullible, at least I know why. I sometimes, um, and the age range for the most vulnerable, even though to me the age range doesn't seem quite right, because I would think it would be probably younger than this, because this age range says 54%, which is the highest percent on here, 54% 54 
in age range of 18 to 34 is the most people that would be. But it also does say, like, it says, like, 12 to 34, which that makes more sense. But then I would also think, like, a lot of kids that are younger than 12 are messed with more because they're so young and gullible, they're invulnerable, and they can't really do much. And then this one, this makes a lot of sense. That women and girls experience sexual violence at high rates. This makes a lot of sense because lots, a lot of men consider us to be easy targets. And they're like, I want to do crap. <laughs> it's, yeah. And it says, so one in six women has been a victim of an attempted or completed rape in her lifetime. Millions of women in the United States have experienced rape. And as of 1998, an estimated 17.7 million American women have been victims of attempted or completed rape. And it says young women are especially at risk. 82% of all juvenile victims are female. 90% of all adult rape victims are female. And then ages 16 and 19 are four times more likely. And then women is 18 and 24 who are college students are three times more likely than women in general to experience sexual violence. And then females of the same age who are not enrolled in college are four times more likely. And then also, so men and boys are also affected by sexual violence. As you see from, I'm going to talk about the buck breaking everything. And in general, they are very susceptible. It's susceptible. Uh, they're very susceptible to these things because just because they're not women doesn't mean they're not susceptible to these things. I never knew until like I got older. I was like, well, men get messed with too. That's how you know which son wrong. It's like millions of the men in the United States have been victims of rape. As of 1998, 2.78 million men in the U.S. have been victims of attempted or completed rape. About 3% of American men, or 1 in 33, have experienced an attempted or completed rape in their lifetime. And 1 out of every 10 victims are male. Another statistic is that transgender students are at higher risk for sexual violence. 20%, 21% of TGQN, which is transgender, gender, queer, non-conforming, are college students have been sexually assaulted compared to 18% of TGQ, non-TGQN females and 4% of non-TGQN males. And then, sexual violence, rape or molesting or whatever, all these things can have very long-term effects on people. They can get PTSD. They, 94% of women who've been raped have PTSD within two weeks following that rape. 30% of women report symptoms of PTSD nine months after the rape. 33% of women who are raped contemplate suicide. 30% of women who are raped attempt suicide. Approximately 70% of rape or sexual assault victims 
experience moderate to severe distress. A large percentage of them of percentage them for any other violent crime. People who have been sexually assaulted are more likely to use drugs than the general public. That's actually one of the reasons why I picked this topic because one of my friends I asked her and Jim was like, Hey, what topic should I pick? And she was like, Great and I mean and, and it makes sense. And then also, like, I was, like, I was contemplating it. I was just like, I don't know. But then we had a speaker come to the school, and they were talking about, like, drugs and everything. And they and they were talking about how um, one of the biggest reasons why one of the main people who take, begin to take drugs and everything are victims of any type of sexual violence, domestic violence, or any type of violence or depression or anything like that. And it's because they want the pain to go away. They want the flashbacks to go away. PTSD, flashbacks. See, they want it to go away. So, 3.4 times more to use marijuana. Six times more likely to use cocaine. And ten times more likely to use other major drugs. And then it also can affect relationship with the family, friends, and coworkers. 30% of victims of sexual violence experience work or school problems, which can include significant problems with a boss, coworker, or peer. This makes sense, because they begin to not be able to trust anyone. I know for a while, I couldn't. And it's weird, like, you begin to not I know, in my experience, which mine wasn't as bad as many other people's experiences, but I know in my experience, it felt like the world wasn't real for a while. It was the weirdest thing. And you begin to blame yourself. You begin to think, well, maybe, maybe it's my fault. And sometimes with these things, it's both. Faults really, there's no victims. Like, I wouldn't say I'm a victim, but then, like, I am, and I wouldn't say they're a victim, but then again, I would. And but you begin to blame yourself for what happened. Like, maybe, maybe I was acting sultry or something, or maybe I was. The problem. But then the world doesn't feel real. At least in my experience, the world didn't feel real. For a whole day. And sometimes for a whole week. The world felt like strange. It felt like I was looking at myself go through life. It's strange to think about. That's why some school problems, because I know I spaced out for a while, because I couldn't think of, I was trying to grasp everything, and I couldn't. So I would space out, except I, I still did pretty fine at school, but, like, I spaced out a lot, and then I would, like, come back and be like, oh, what's the teacher talking about now? I can't remember. And then, like, work. <laughs> maybe, maybe you spaced out, or maybe you spaz out, or... 
I won't say spaz out, but maybe you just get, get angry. I know I did. That's where I went from the transition from. Because I used to get really sad about things. I went from the transition from getting really sad to just balling up my fists. And just staring out. Just like, I, I, I'm sorry, I don't want to deal with this right now. I can't. It could be the smallest thing, like someone just telling me, hey, like they're saying, um, they would, someone tell me, like, we'd be going through the play or doing whatever in the play or something and doing practice. And my teacher would, like, say, like, hey, you're doing this a little bit wrong. And I really, it's because I wouldn't be thinking about the play I'll be thinking about happened. She would be like, hey, you're doing this a little bit wrong. And she would say it. Kind of sarcastically, because Deidre tends to do that a little bit, but yeah. And I was just like balling my fist, and I was like, okay, okay, I'll do, do it whatever way you want me to. Okay, I'll go. Yeah, you kind of get that defense mode on, and armor on. And 37 experience family or friends problems, including getting into arguments. More frequently than before. Not feeling able to trust their family members or friends. Or not feeling as close to them as before the crime. I didn't go through this as much. But I did. In general I did go for actually. I would say a lot. But I don't know. Completely. 84% of survivors who were victimized by an intimate partner. Experienced professional or emotional issues. Including moderate to severe distress or increased problems at work or school. Well, I don't know about this topic that much. I mean, this topic to me kind of coincides with the first one. But this one, this statistic, more so I want to go into the whole thing with the intimate partner one part of it. Because if you were victimized by an intimate partner, then it would be so hard for you to trust another intimate partner. It would be so hard for you to, like, go and, like, have a boyfriend or a girlfriend or whatever. Because you would be af- probably be afraid. And also, I know from, I know this is a TV show, but in Outlander with Jamie... When he was with his wife, Claire. And because of Randall, Randall had tricked his mind to think of Claire while Randall was messing with him. So that when Randall, I mean, when Jamie was with his wife and they were making love, he saw Randall in her face. He. He kept seeing Randall whenever he saw her sometimes. And that made him get so scared. And then... And she was fine because she knew what had happened. And she was like... She's like, okay. We can stop. But like... You may not be so lucky to have a partner like that. It may be a partner just to be like... You need to get over it. And I'm like, Can't get over it. It's not as easy as you think. So yeah... That one. Seventy-nine percent of survivors who were victimized by a family member, close friend, or acquaintance experienced professional or emotional issues, including moderate to severe distress or increased problems at work or school. It's pretty much just like the one I did before, 
And this one probably is gummy too. Yeah, I'm just not even gonna go to that other one. It's literally pretty much the exact same words. Okay. This one. Victims are at risk of pregnancy and sexually transmitted infections. So I suggest that the chance of getting pregnant from one time unprotected intercourse is between 3.1 to 5% to the 13th. No, that's the that's the thing where you can push to get the source. I was confused. <laughs> Depended on a multitude of factors, including the time and month of intercourse occurs. Because if you're if the girl was on her um, height of ovulation, and you know the rapist is probably not really gonna care if they're not gonna put on a condom, probably. Like they're not gonna care. They just wanna get what they wanna get and be done. So, now I know there, but then there are some rapists that are like that they like make like the girl like they make them wear a condom. They wear a condom. And then also, if the girl becomes pregnant, they'll force them to get an abortion. If they don't, they'll be like, I'll kill you. Or I'll do something to you if you don't get an abortion. And it says also that even, and even if you use contraceptive, even if you had a contraceptive from like, like next one or whatever, you still may have a baby. And that's where it comes to like the abortion, which I probably talk about abortion in a whole other podcast, but like. How could I want to keep a baby that reminds you of the person who hurt you so much? And your parents are probably also, too, like, they don't want to see a baby. Oh, that sounds kind of weird. They don't want to see a baby. They they don't want to think, like, the person that hurt my child put a baby in them and now we have to raise her? No. And also, that person, maybe, that person could give you AIDS. What if that person didn't know they have AIDS or really didn't care? They may have known and not cared, and they didn't wear a condom. And then, and then you end up getting AIDS from that person. Because they just wanted a thrill. And then you, your whole life gets ruined. Because this person didn't care. Yeah, I don't think that's very fair. None of it's fair, but I don't think that is at all. And it's crazy, like, they don't completely teach us. They tell us, like, if a person touches you here, go tell your mom and dad. Like, that, that, that's not good. But they don't teach us how to defend ourselves from that person. Because if your mom and dad are around when that person does that, what are you going to do? Like, how? How are you going to defend yourself? They don't give us classes to teach us, like, how to actually defend ourselves when this happens. Like, because when they say, like, if they touch you here, hey, what about them not touching me there? What about how to keep them from touching me there so I don't have PTSD after they've done this? What about helping me to know, like, hey, you can punch this person in there (laughs) to keep them from touching you. I don't care if it's your uncle, your teacher, your your parent, your step-parent, your cousin... 
your niece or nephew, because that happens too. Just because people think, oh, they're younger than you. No, that happens too. I don't care if it's whoever. If they mess with you and you feel defenseless, don't worry what their parent or their their sister or brother are going to say. You keep them from doing things to you. I don't care if you think if I push this person off of me that I'm going to get a lawsuit. I don't care if you think that. Keep them away. Keep them away. Make sure they do not do it again. I know from experience. You may think, oh, if I push this person up, their parents going to be like so pissed at me. If I kick this person in their crotch, this, their parents going to be so mad at me. Because I know I thought that. Every single day. I thought that every single day. And it wasn't until. I was in that room. With people asking me what happened. That I realized. That I really could have just kicked them. Off of me. It wasn't until there were people telling me that my life may be completely ruined that I realized you defend yourself from anyone. It doesn't matter how old they are, how young they are. You defend yourself from them. You keep yourself safe. You keep your mind right. I don't care if their parent always sides with them. You keep yourself together. Because in the end, when it's all said and done, when everyone is asking you why, you tell them. Your truth. I'm always told with my counselor. Tell me your truth. You tell them your truth. Just because they may lie on you. You tell them your truth. And I believe. I truly believe. That the truth. The truth. Will set you free.